Ultra. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers, one menacing monologue at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell. And joining us again today is uh, returning guest Jesse Mitchell. Hello. Hello. Yay. <laughs> uh, today. <laughs> Hooray. Huzzah. Um, so today we're, we'll be talking about Minute 142, which starts with Denethor, uh, continuing his line from yesterday, uh, it is rumored, the weapon of the enemy has been found, and it ends with Boromir, uh, saying no, and turning away. Good, good, good job here, Boromir. Shoulda, shoulda stuck to that. Shoulda kept doing that. (laughs) Just say no. Nancy Reagan would have been proud of you. Oh, God. <laughs> Denethor is the kind of person who absolutely believes Reaganomics works. <laughs> it's working for him. Trickle-down affection. <laughs> I give all my love to Boromir. He gives all of his love to Boromir. Boromir will give love to Faramir. Denethor doesn't need to go anywhere near that. <laughs> Trickle-down pretty sound <laughs> it's a trickle down relationship yep that's the name of uh this episode <laughs> so trickle down compassion i oh it's not compassion it's just straight up like affection yeah compassion is like oh i feel bad for this thing like affection is like i care about you <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't care about Faramir. <laughs> he does not have any feelings towards Faramir. Well, no positive ones. So, <laughs> Boromir's a middleman. <laughs> speaking, speaking. Denethor's as... the distributor, and Boromir like sends it out for retail speaking sale. Speaking as the the family middleman, it's a terrible place to be. <laughs> the emotional middleman. <laughs> oh God. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> Boromir's instincts are spot on. I (laughs) (laughs) I just like. (laughs) (laughs) I just talk about my relationship with my immediate family for the next 20 minutes. It's okay. In editing, we'll just. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute. Boromir, Faramir, and Denethor. (laughs) Then they'll be fine. Just like really flatly, Boromir. Yeah. Denethor. Boromir. Boromir. Faramir. Boromir. Denethor. Like robotic. Just totally monotone. Just Denethor. <laughs> and then my Boromir. So. <laughs> Stop making me laugh. I have a legitimate, like, conversation point. Okay, so... Denethor, <laughs> Denethor is trying really hard to get Boromir to go see what all this fuss is about in Rivendell. And he wants the ring for himself. 
So my question is, uh, is Denethor already in possession of the Palantir and is he under Sauron's sway at this very moment? I think he is because he says Sauron is amassing fresh armies, which is something he would only know if he's already seen it in the Palantir. So it's not him that wants the ring, it's Sauron using it, him as a middleman? Yeah, it's already the corrupting influence of Sauron of the Palantir on okay. him. Well, I don't think that... If you notice through this conversation, his through this conversation, his eye twitches when he's talking to Boromir yeah, a couple of times. Totally cray. I thought like, that was just Sauron, his face. He didn't, he didn't need Sauron to make him cray. But, um... <laughs> I don't think him knowing that Sauron's amassing armies, though, means he saw it in the Palantir. I think it's, like, a pretty logical thing to think. Yeah, because they you just know. freed Osgiliath from the enemy, which is right. presumably Sauron's army. Yeah. It's I mean, there like have always been be like, orcs in this area. Right. They're not going to be like, there's no way they'll strike back. <laughs> Obviously, they're going to go <laughs> mass for armies. But. I don't know. I, I take the, the way that he delivers this and, like, the talking about Sauron amassing fresh armies and his well, paranoid neighbors. nature. It's like, it's like him just looking over the fence and being like, oh, shit. And then just, like... <laughs> You well, the pal- like the Palantir is the binoculars to to Denethor's Jimmy Stewart. Well, he like, doesn't really even need binoculars. He's not like spying. He's literally like looking over his fence. Like, howdy, neighbor. Oh God. And- it's just, it's just. What is it? Is that Rear Window with Jimmy Stewart? Yes, yes. The just, Hitchcock it, film. Yeah, yeah. It's just, just instead of Jimmy Stewart, you have Denethor, and in the other apartment is just Sauron's eye. Well, he's like creeping on like multiple neighbors, so I don't right. know if this analogy works. It's just, it's just Sauron's eye in every other window. Oh, I see. Wouldn't Just Jimmy Stewart with the binoculars be Sauron? I mean, I guess, but like, <laughs> isn't the point of that movie that he sees something terrible happen? Yes. Yeah. So, or he think like he's making up stories and stuff because he has a broken leg and can't move. He's stuck. You know, they basically remade that movie relatively recently. Did they really? Yeah, it's called Disturbia. That movie with Shia LaBeouf. Oh. It's oh, only instead a- of having a broken leg. He's under house arrest and he it's sees all these things that make him really paranoid about his neighbors. And he turns out to be right about one of them. Uh, I saw that in theaters. Me it too. Wasn't worth it. Yeah. Did we do that together? <laughs> nope. Oh, I, I think we say. might have. I don't know. But not for our horrible movie club. I think we just no. randomly went and saw it. Yes, horrible I... movie club. I think you're right about it. But that. yeah, that's basically it's basically a remake of Rear Window with Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, as like rear a, window as like is, a teenage uh, punk. Really good. Yeah. Have you you've seen that, right? I've only seen clips of it. What? I've never oh seen it. Oh my god. It's so good. I didn't and know. I mean, it was I love me some Jimmy Stewart before now. Yeah. Like it's the the poster good. for Disturbia is like Shia LaBeouf with these big binoculars in front of his eyes. And it, it's very the clearly the whole movie is a reference to Rear Window. <laughs> I'm going to watch them side by side and determine that for myself. (laughs) Here on Disturbia Minute. (laughs) I suddenly pop up a new podcast. Man, someone should do Shia LaBeouf's entire filmography. No. Only if Shia LaBeouf also hosts. He probably would be willing. Like, he was in that, um, he watched his, the... The marathon of, like, all of his works or whatever? Yeah. Starting with the Even Stevens movie. 
No, it went backwards. Oh, did it end with the Even Stevens book? Yeah, it oh. went backwards chronologically. That's why he was just so filled with joy by the end of it. Somewhere in the middle of there, he's like, why am I doing he's this? He's like sleeping during the Transformers movies. I was going to say, when he hits Transformers, he's like, ooh. <laughs> Low point. That first one's fine. And then they really get out of hand. Transformers. No, the first, one, the first one was watchable. The others. Eh, if he's but, got John Turturro, it can't be all bad. At least uh, he's in it. I don't know how to cycle this back around to Denethor, so I'm just going to be blunt about it. <laughs> it's fine. Denethor's unhinged monologue. Unhinged. Hey. We got the Shia LaBeouf robots. <laughs> went down a, we went down one of Shia LaBeouf's holes. Oh yep, no, that's <laughs> unfortunate. <laughs> I understood the reference, but the phrasing is unfortunate. No, as soon as it left my mouth, I was like, <laughs> "No, shouldn't have said that." I shouldn't have. Nope, I can't take it back now. I'm standing by it. It's a perfectly valid reference. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but, um, okay. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I think, I think I'm firmly on, like, Denethor has been drinking the Palantir Kool-Aid for a while. He's got some red eye. He's been up late at night. Red eye. <laughs> You need some saline solution. He needs Ben, ben Stein needs to just... show up with some eye drops. Dry eyes, try clear eyes. <laughs> this podcast brought to you by... This, this podcast brought to you by all these random references from the early 2000s. <laughs> what else did you expect from this podcast at this point? Right? I mean, that's when these movies came out. Relevant. So, it is one just really long early 2000s reference. It's true. Very long form. <laughs> just crazy Denethor saying all the things that Boromir said in the meeting. Yeah. At the Council of Elrond. Yeah. Our blood is spilled. Our people. Mm-hmm. Bring me this mighty gift. I like to imagine at that I meeting, just... Boromir is like, what do I say? What do I say? Uh, so, uh, oh yeah! By, by the blood of our people, are your lands kept safe? Yeah, it, it is a yeah. gift. No, I'm turning into that? dad. Right? Channel Denethor. Channel Dad. What would Dad say? Screw you, Faramir. Wait, not relevant. Uh, <laughs> just like looks at looks at Legolas when he gives him crap, and he's just like, "Shut up, Faramir." Oh no! What? Bor- he's like, Boromir would never. Like unless it, it what? Excuse me. <laughs> who who is Faramir? Why is Legolas Spock? Because <laughs> elves are distant and aloof. Whenever you impersonate Legolas, it's always a Spock impersonation. Because he's just distant. He doesn't understand. He's asking questions. <laughs> oh, trying to make sense of the world around him. I guess so. <laughs> and Boromir is just listening just to Denethor who get more and more crazy. Hey, no. Mm-hmm. And he 
walks away again. Dude, but Denethor will not let him go. Like, yeah. Mm-mm. He probably went to Rivendell. I'm not done with you, away. boy. <laughs> right? Leave the situation. Right? And Denethor is like, don't you dare. I'm surprised Denethor didn't pop up at the Council of Elrond. And another thing. <laughs> He's just following behind Boromir the whole way. Right. <laughs> just like a day behind him. Room to room, tree to tree, like everywhere he goes. I must make sure my firstborn succeeds. Right? Getting more and more intense by the minute. That's like the most like... He's got the Palantir and a messenger bag alongside him. <laughs> it's the most intense helicopter parenting. Right? He's trying to use the Palantir to just watch Boromir's journey. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the mirror from Beauty and the Beast. It's a freaking Palantir. <laughs> yeah. The seeing stones. You know that's all he's doing with it is trying to look at Boromir. He's trying to trying to survey his his firstborn. So creepy. Make sure that he's all right. That's so creepy. Doesn't give a damn about Faramir. He's making sure the ring will come back to Gondor. I don't think he necessarily cares about Boromir physically. <laughs> show me the ring. Show me the ring. Show me the ring. Show me the ring. That's all he's saying. I think at this point, he does. Um, Maybe later on, not so much. But it's like, it's the loss of Boromir that causes Denethor to, like, fully snap. Oh, yeah, like, the straw that broke the camel's back, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, he he is a man teetering on a knife's edge right now. Well, I mean, and, well, I guess we'll talk about it tomorrow. I just want to talk about, like... The minute that we're not talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. But yeah, I, I totally think he's already being influenced by the Palantir. John Noble's performance here is like, is so good, this monologue. And they, they talk about it in the commentary that like, John Noble has such a Shakespearean quality to like his performance. Mm. Oh, and yeah. he auditioned for the role of Denethor. And they were just like, yes, we need someone that has like this, this amount of like extra like emphasis for this Denethor. role because we need to we gotta sell that this guy is just going tragically insane with grief across the movie he's going to feature in well john noble is definitely extra so <laughs> yeah but the way that he like carries himself there's like a like a poise and like a gravitas but there's also like all of this like the way he switches from like beaming at boromir to like like reaming Faramir out, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, he's in he's, like two seconds. He's just like, nah. Well, he carries himself like, like maybe he the doesn't king. look like such a big threat on the surface, but it's just like the walk softly and carry a big stick thing. Like he's got that energy about him, the way he walks around. I legit thought you were going to say he carries himself like he has two sons he treats like that. <laughs> How else can he play it out so well? <laughs> he carries himself like he only loves 50% of his children. <laughs> right, exactly. It's part of John Noble's persona. <laughs> That's why they hired him. It's like, right? so why do you think we should hire you? Because I, too, only love one of my two children. <laughs> it's like, okay, yikes. That is, 
frightening and upsetting. Art imitates life. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, the circle of life. (laughs) It is complete. Oh, man. Like, he's not even seeing this. Like, Boromir is still just like... in this minute. I'm just like, oh, man, poor Faramir. (laughs) Poor Boromir in this minute, man. Like, he is... He immediately knows what's up. He's like, the weapon of the enemy has been found. He's like, the one ring? Oh, no. <laughs> I do not want Lord this. Bane? Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't want to go anywhere near this, Dad. It's just like, yes, it's true. It would be terrible for a lesser man. But you are you. Are you. you are wonderful. You are you are my, my son. My only son. I'm never going to stop saying that because that's exactly the way he says, where is my, where Where is is he? Where's my firstborn? Like, that's exactly what he means. Where is the only person I care about? Where is my only loved child? Where is the child that didn't kill my wife? Right? (laughs) Poor Farron. (laughs) Where is the child that hasn't failed me? What's really upsetting is this only gets more savage. Like... <laughs> feel bad for Faramir now, and it's just like it gets so much worse. And and like you think it could it could only get like but as bad I as have... it gets in the next minute, and then across the next movie, just continues to but get then worse. Then I have absolutely right? no sympathy for Faramir next week. Yeah. So I guess we gotta like get it all out now. <laughs> Because then I'm on, like, Team Denethor next week. <laughs> Screw this guy! Team Denethor. How, how dare he? How what dare are those club meetings like? <laughs> Just full of, of loud eating. <laughs> Everyone's eating tomatoes. <laughs> and setting His things on fire. weird songs. <laughs> a young curly haired boy <laughs> singing while all right, everyone all right, eats alright Peregrine Took <laughs> is not that young no but hobbits well, don't exist in real life so it happens <laughs> to be a young boy yeah it's just like a curly haired ten year old boy it's just Billy Boyd in my living room <laughs> with the wig on with like a, a really crappy wig <laughs> and the little Gondor chainmail. Just singing while I eat cherry tomatoes. <laughs> that is a mood. <laughs> Just a singing a sad, sad song. Oh, that's my favorite moment in the trilogy, though. <laughs> well, that's a long ways from here. It is. Yeah. It's okay. It's that's so like far away. like 200 minutes into the next movie. <laughs> right? Who could possibly remember everything we've talked about on this podcast? Yeah, Not me. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Not I, so I'm, the person who makes the podcast. I'm sure that by the time we get there, you can use the same Billy Boyd in your living room. <laughs> None will be the wiser. For real, Billy though, Billy Boyd like, would know. <laughs> for real, though, man, like, I really appreciate how Bormir's just, no, mm-hmm. nope. No. Stranger danger. But not really. Get away from me, and I'm not going north. <laughs> Do we have anything else for this minute? Uh, this scene in the little alcove was shot in pickups. And Sean Bean flew from London to New Zealand to do all the pickups for all of this. 
in a single day. My God. Wow. And then they didn't put it in the movie. I'd be so pissed. <laughs> yeah. Barry Osborne, who's like one of the one of the major producers of the film, talks about how he fought the whole time to keep this in the theatrical edition. He like mentions that he really fought for this scene and it makes him really happy to see it in the extended. Mm-hmm. Like he really didn't want to cut this. And Mark Ordesky, another one of the, the production team, says that he's the one that had that called Sean Bean to let him know that the scene wasn't gonna be in the movie. And he's <laughs> like, I really didn't want to make that call. <laughs> Hey, remember when you flew out all the way to New Zealand to film that one scene? Yeah, sorry. It's not We're gonna not going to use movie. it. Well, that is also a difficult phone call because he doesn't appear in the movie at all, except as like Except a... in this, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so then he's not getting paid for it, or he doesn't get billing for it, and he's not- He's, like... in, he's in the boat in Faramir's vision. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like a, a single shot? Like- like, actually, yeah, I don't even know if that's in... I, actually, I don't think that's in theatrical either, actually. There you go. So, I can't remember week to week. No, it's... It's like three seconds long, so I'm not surprised if it's not. I don't even remember what happened yesterday. And I think it's the dummy anyway. Right? It's, it's just the, the Sean Bean dummy. <laughs> I am sad that they cut this. No, not this, but the, the dead <laughs> boat. Uh, whatever that was. The little boat vision from... From the last batch of five minutes. Right. Where Faramir's looking down at the cracked horn and then like he's standing in the water and the boat goes by him. I still don't know what that was. We like talked about it at length and I still have no idea. I think I, I think it's just him like it's just him being either a sad. dream or just like a visualization of his grief. It's just there for the audience to look at. It's not even like a thing, really. Okay. It's just so jarring, but anyway. It's pretty. That's neither here nor there. It is neither here nor there. Just like Boromir. Oh No. It's just setting in now. Boromir. <laughs> I'm never gonna <laughs> <right>? <laughs> I'm never gonna stop crying over Boromir. I'm sorry. Like hundred and sixty minutes later, it's still just like a <laughs> Boromir no. <laughs> Oh, man. Anyway, so we're from the website duelinggenre.com. It's okay. Ghost Boromir is still with us. Yeah, Ghost Boromir will bless us with his presence forever. Uh, check us out there on duelinggenre.com. Not with Ghost Boromir. Um, as well as some of the other podcasts, such as the Protagonist Podcast, Doctor's Companion, which I co-host with Scott and Nick. Uh, and we are in the middle of doing another another set of long way around stories where we talk about a episode of doctor who from each different doctor uh it's fun you should look at that if you want to if you like doctor who if you've never seen classic who before it's a really fun way to like kind of dip your toe in because we watch it so you don't have to um and also check out our audio dramas um, geek by night and immunities and there's a bunch of stuff happening on the site so uh check back and thanks for joining us again today jesse be sad about faramir <laughs> just gonna weep a little till tomorrow right. <laughs> sniff the, the weeping will continue <laughs> and we'll be back tomorrow to uh talk more about this uh messed up father and son relationship 
Bye.